Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And before we get to the show today, got to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL is back in DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is getting all new players a can't-miss offer for Week 1. Just bet $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any game in Week 1. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odd boosts, plus... You can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And uh, status quo when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers, not much new news going on, but we will discuss the team still and uh, kind of sit back and wait and see what happens. Hopefully we'll hear some news about Kyler Yamamoto shortly and seeing what happens with him. Maybe there will be some PTOs, but until then, we're just going to talk about the lineup and what we might be able to expect from the Oilers in the 2021-2022 season. We bring in our guest today, Hernan Salas. He, of course, part of TSN 1260's pre- and post-game shows. He's got him on the Locked On Oilers podcast. You can find him on Two Guys and a Goalie. He's on Twitter, at Hernan Deman, and one half of the new Edmonton Elks podcast, The Elkcast. Hernan, thanks a lot for doing this today, my friend. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, you know, uh, kind of the dog days of summer. I know you know it with the Locked On podcast that it's uh, it's kind of tough to yeah. keep pumping out content right now with uh, with not a whole <laughs> lot going on. So uh, we'll no. move on here and then uh, talk a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers today. We'll talk about... 
the potential of the Pacific Division here. Of course, a little bit of a shuffle. The Seattle Kraken join in. Uh, but let's start off with uh, what we talked about just at the beginning there, or at least I did. Kyler Yamamoto, a restricted free agent, obviously still waiting to see what the contract looks like, still, still waiting to see what happens with that one. Um if you're Kyler Yamamoto, what kind of contract are you looking for? And really, are you in any rush to sign it? Um, I think, I think he's not in a rush, but I think he wants something done. I mean, he probably doesn't want, want to miss anything from training camp. He's not coming off the best years point wise. And, uh, team got a little bit better up front. They got more depth. So he definitely wants to be there from day one. As far as the deal, I mean, he's, he's got to look and realize there's not a lot of money. And, um, <laughs> yeah, like he's not going to get a long-term deal. I, I think Yamamoto's smart enough to know all those things. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what he does. I think it's going to be one-year, two-year deal. Uh, nothing too crazy. Pretty low number. And um, I'm a little surprised that hasn't happened yet, to be honest. I thought... By the time we rolled around this time, like August twenty sixth, we would have uh we would have some some news on Yamamoto, but nothing yet. But there's still time. We still got a, a, still about a month to go, just under a month for training camp. I think when it's all said and done, he'll be signed up short short term and low money. And uh yeah, I I well, I think the team wants to get it done too, but the uh they don't have much to to spare right now, so they they gotta they gotta make the right deal here. And and, and like I just said, I, I think eventually we're gonna see Yamamoto get done here in the next couple of weeks, and then uh, he'll be fine to go for for training camp. Now we had Dave McCarthy of Sirius XM NHL on the uh, Jason Greger show a couple of weeks ago talking about the potential here for this contract, and his advice was sign a one year deal, play with better players next year, and you know kind of bet on yourself. And try to get that bigger contract. I'm sure the Edmonton Oilers would prefer to, you know, make it two years and something like that. If the Oilers came to you, you're Kyler Yamamoto, and they were saying, "Hey, we'll give you a two-year deal," you know, in the in the area of two million dollars. Would you be taking it, or do you think you want to go down to that one-year deal and kind of just bet on yourself? Well, I mean, we all know he's a good player. I, I think, I mean, bet on yourself. Like I. I I don't think this is a guy that's like like a Cahoon who's trying to find his way again and trying to lock down a, a contract with the team. I think the Oilers like what he brings. He's he's played in every situation for the team in his short time with the Oilers. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I don't see him as one of those like people saying he's playing with better players. Yeah, he's. I mean, he played most of last year with Cahoon, and Cahoon was okay. I mean, he didn't knock it out of the park. He didn't take advantage of the situation. Um, and this year it looks like he might start with Dry and Nuge in that line, looking to uh, find some some uh, more chemistry than they had last year. Um, will they ever match what they did two years ago? Probably not. But if they can get close to that or just be consistent, I think we'll be they'll be fine. But I mean, one year deal, sure. I I, I still think though that like Yamamoto is the one guy that might get moved uh, sooner rather than later for uh, for some help. Uh, defensively or or between the pipes, but that, that's why I think it's maybe the Oilers want to go one. Maybe he wants to go one. Who knows? But I can't see anything longer than two years here. Uh, and Yamamoto's probably going to sign a bridge, and yeah, we'll go from there. But it, Dave McCarthy's on to something. Like just take the one year deal, and 
you you do something good and I mean he doesn't have to be out of this world great if he's just good and and gives uh, the orders that that you know the second line right wing spot he gives it some good hockey and quality minutes I think he'll be fine and he'll find a, he'll find his next deal regardless right so uh Yamamoto it's, a, it's an interesting player because with the emergence of Jesse Puliarvi last year uh, you know, bringing in the Zach Kime and Warren Fogel. There's just so much more depth on the team. There's more options. And there's young guys like Yamamoto pushing to be in the lineup, like Benson and, and a Dylan Holloway, and, and maybe further down uh, a Raphael Lavoie. So uh, it, it's an interesting time for Kyler Yamamoto, for sure. And in and, and saying that, like, I know I said he, he wasn't good points-wise, but I really liked him last year. I thought he was engaged. I thought he played well. I thought he was one of the more consistent players in, in terms of effort and, and doing the right things on ice. He just couldn't find the goals and, and he was snake bitten. But outside of that, like, I, I think he's, I think he was fine last year. It's just the points didn't come. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he had his chances and, you know, I, I know Gregor brings it up a lot in the show that like he's not convinced he's necessarily a, a second line player mm-hmm. and, and maybe he might be a third line player. And that, that's an interesting debate for me because if he is a second line player, you know, he's got to produce like one, right? He, he's got to find a way to, to put up some points and put the puck in the back of the net, which he struggled with last year. On the flip side, though, if he's your third line right winger, that means you brought somebody in or somebody stepped up, like, I don't know who it might be, but someone stepped up and it just improves the overall depth of your team. Kyler Yamamoto, third line right wing because he's the third best right winger on your team. Probably a good thing overall for the organization, but probably hurts his negotiation rights. So, I mean, I, I think this is a really big year for Kyler Yamamoto to see what happens. Can he cement himself as a top six player, or is it top nine? And, uh, I mean, I, I love the player. Absolutely. I think he'd be a pain in the you-know-what to play against. Uh, doesn't never slow down, but, yeah, he, he's certainly a guy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, hurry, I just want to ask you about uh, that fourth line, because... On this podcast, we've talked a lot about the top nine, and um, you know I, I think it's pretty well locked in there. But for you, when it comes to that bottom bottom three, Cassian, Ryan, Shore, I mean, how do you think it ends up looking for the Oilers this year? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I think Ryan McLeod would be your two centers. Uh, you're gonna have Fogle, Cassian, Archibald, and Shore, maybe. Like it's. That's what I'm thinking right now. It never turns out the way we're always like, it's, it's automatically going to be like that. Yeah, I don't know if the young guys can push. Can Perlini push too? Um, but if you're a betting man, it's probably Ryan McLeod. Archibald's not. Archibald's going to be there for sure. So Zach Cassian. I think Shore's uh, interchangeable. I think I think he can be pushed out of a spot. And then Fogel, who we all have slated for that third line, who – might might get a look in the top six if someone struggles, but I think that's what it's. I think that's at least what I'm looking at. I don't know what combos you go with right now. Like I don't know if it's Ryan with Fogel and Cassian, or I I just don't know. I I think I think that's where the questions will be in training camp. I think the top six are going to start with what we all assume it's going to be in, and and then when we look at the bottom six, I I think we know the six guys, maybe seven. Uh, like I said, Shore might be that one, the guy that's uh, that's in and out of the lineup. But, yeah, we'll wait and see. But Cassian's going to start for sure, despite his struggles. and and uh, But he's making a ton of money, and, and he's looking to find his groove that he had about a year and a half ago. So he's definitely going to be there. So the only guy I 
that might get taken out of shore. I mean, Ryan McLeod, but I just don't see who else is going to play there. And, and he, he was good. He was excellent in the, in the AHL. So, I mean, can Benson push shore? Can Holloway? Is it ideal to have Holloway playing on your fourth line? Probably not. I know how much the fans want him here, but I think we're pretty much set. And, and there's Kyle Turris. I mean, kind of the uh, the long shot here. I, I know people have been saying he's training hard, and I always laugh when I hear that because I'm just like, well, they're elite athletes. Like, I think everybody <laughs> trains hard. And, and and in fairness, I get what they're saying. He's trying to find his groove again. He wants to uh, be able to contribute a little bit more to the team than he did last year. He was a disappointment. That's the only way to put it. And uh, he's a great guy from all accounts off the ice, great teammate, but on the ice, he didn't bring much uh, to the team. And I, I don't know if a year after he can really, I, I just don't know what you can expect from him uh, that that we saw last year, right? Like, are you going to get this whole new different cultures? Maybe, but I highly doubt it. But he's, if he's your 14th guy, I think you're okay. So he might draw some attention there and if he has a good training camp, but I, I think we're set with the six and the bottom six. Kyle Turris to me is like, he's honestly someone I forgot about. Like, and it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you just kind of, you know, I, I jot down my, my ideal lineup and what I think it might look like. And, you know, you, you put in some guys who might be guys who could watch from the press box and it's typically these younger players, maybe a Benson, Maybe it is a Devin Shore, and I always seemingly forget about Kyle Turris, and he was a guy who just fell off the map last year, and you know, he he had a good game, and then there was that close contact with COVID, took him right back out of the lineup, and you know, he, he could just never really find his game, and I wonder, because you said it, every every NHL player, if they're worth a, a damn, then they're working on this offseason, and they, they are working hard to get better, but what does he have to do, like... Is it as simple as simplifying his game, Hernan? Or do, I mean, does he have to add that scoring touch? How does he make himself relevant with this team once again? Because it's not like this is a guy who's extremely old or anything. It, I, I feel like if they can get anything out of him, if they get like 41 games where he comes in and, you know, just is average, plays okay, I mean, it, it would be a nice redemption story. It would. I I mean, I was. I think we were all pretty stoked when he signed. We're like, oh, this guy's going to fit in nice, going to be that third-line center. Now we're on to Derek Ryan hoping he can fill that spot. And of, of course, if Kyle Terrence can find some offense and, and a way to contribute to this team, I'm all for it. But I just don't see how. He's not he's not a physical player. He loses a lot of puck battles because he's not aggressive. He's not the biggest guy. He's older. Um, he's a guy that's always been more offensive than defensive. So maybe we were just a little out of it, thinking he can be a good shutdown third-line center. Probably wasn't his, his groove or his... Uh, a role that he, he's done a lot because he's been in his career early on. He was a top six guy, power play guy. And, and uh, as he got older, he's, he's been taken on a different role, but we thought a change of scenery would help. And it didn't because it, by all accounts, he's, he looked the same as he did in Nashville before they bought him out. So, I mean, you got one year, one year left on his deal. It's not worth a lot of money. Uh, it's coming off the books. So if, if this is a guy that can't just cut it anymore and, and can't contribute to the Edmonton Oilers, you probably see him buried in the minors. And, and I know teams don't like doing this to veterans and all that and good guys, but Kyle Turris has got to find something here. Like, I, he's not going to get power play time. Uh, he probably won't kill penalties. So, five on five, Connor. And, and bottom six guys uh, don't get a lot of ice time. <laughs> and uh, so, you got to find a way. You got to find a way to make an impact in the game. I, 
And we, if someone asks you what can Takal Torres do, we'll score. But I just don't see that anymore. He he had one really nice goal last year early on, and then it's just here and there he would have a good shift, but it just wasn't enough. And and last year this team's uh, depth up front wasn't as good as it's going to be this year. So I, I just see it hard for him to to find his way into the lineup. Now, preseason can change that, sure. But, uh, I mean, if he's a, I can't see him pushing on the wings. He might be able to, but I think you got just better options. And at center, you brought in Derek Ryan and gave him two years for a reason. And then the other one is – Ryan McLeod, right? Like, do you really want to take minutes away from him? He's he played him every game in the playoffs. Obviously, the coaching staff likes him, so I don't know. Kyle Turris is an interesting one for me. I, 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 I just don't see him making an impact with the Edmonton Oilers. Hernan, uh, I mean, it's funny. Like as as we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, with many past guests. I mean, the top spots on this team are kind of locked in, but you mentioned the preseason. Is there any battle that you're watching out for? Like, is it backup goalie? Is it, is it that fourth line, third line, or third pairing left defense? Like, is there any camp battle you'll be watching for? Uh, I, that's a good question. I, I don't really think so. I think everything's pretty much not set in stone, but it's, I mean... Maybe like the Benson Holloway Perlini trio, if they can push their way onto the to the starting uh, roster uh, on opening day, is probably one I'd watch. I'm intrigued by those three players. Um, about uh, and I think like defensively they're set. I mean, no one's going to come in and surprise. I mean, it is what it is. You have Cuckoo and Legison and Russell who are going to battle for that final spot in the top six. Everything else is set. And goal, so I, I'll say goaltending for sure. I, I think goaltending is going to be the big one. I think it's, yeah. I mean, Koskinen with that contract, and they like him. They, they didn't go away from him last year, even though when he struggled. And I know people are like, well, they played him so much, but like he played in a 13 game stretch. Connor, if you're a number one goaltender, you got to get used to that. I'm sorry. Like, that's number one goalie numbers. I mean, uh, that's what number one goalies do, they play a lot. And so I hate that excuse for Miko Koskinen. No, man, you want to be a number one? Then, <laughs> yeah, you played a lot in the first month of the season, so what? And he was okay. He wasn't terrible. But we saw at the end he struggled letting in the first shot. And then that one game when he let in the first first, uh, first four shots, that's <laughs> yeah. terrible. That's and, and for me, I've never been a big Miko Koskinen. Never. Has he played well in stretches? Yes. And I've owned it. I've said, oh, hey, man, he's been good. But... I mean, if Staylock comes in or Skinner comes in and outplays them, I, 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 I hope the Oilers just look at it and say, who cares about how much he's making and go with the best duo they can. So I think goaltending is, is an area I want to watch. I, I don't think Konovalov is a realistic option, but I'm intrigued to see him. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he gets, I hope he gets like a, a preseason game and cause he's older. I mean, he's older than Skinner and Rodrigue. Uh, he's 23. He's played pro hockey. He's had good numbers. He's a small goaltender, which is interesting. So I, I like to see him. I mean, I'm not saying I, I think he's going to get out there and steal a job, but we know Mike Smith is going to be there. Miko Koskinen, I'd probably have it at eighty twenty that he'll be he'll be the duel with Mike Smith. I just don't I don't think they'll go away from him for Alex. Like Alex Stalock for me would have to knock it out of the park in preseason. Uh, to get it, and and I hope they go with the best too, and not just money talks and 
and the guys that you were with last year. Because you know what? Yeah, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen have been really good in the regular season. I'm not pinning the sweep last season on Mike Smith, but you've won one playoff game in the last two years with this duel. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That that's the only area I'm looking at. Maybe the three guys I mentioned up front and defensively, I don't think there's no question. I don't think there's a question. I just we know the who's gonna be in. It's either gonna be Cooker or Russell on that third pair and Legison's gonna be maybe in the minors or your eighth. So not much to uh, not much to look at it defensively for this team. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I like with the goaltending situation. You know, if you do go with a combination of Smith, Koskinen, and Staylock, your Bakersfield Condors battle should be fun. Like, it, like Skinner and Conoval will be both the guys fighting for those opportunities. Skinner probably starts mm-hmm. off with it, but I think it's good for Stuart Skinner to face a little bit of adversity. And I know last year, uh, talking to Ryan Holt, the voice of the team down in Bakersfield, he said, you know, he, he took strides. He got better and, and progressed the way they wanted him to. But you know what? Maybe throw a competition at him now. Like, okay, we got two prospects. Best goal he's going to play. Let's see who who rises to the top. And, I mean, I, I think that's a good way to do it. So, it would be cool if one of those guys found a way to find a gig in the NHL, but I feel like it, it might be that battle down in the AHL. And the worst part about the the Koskinen deal is, like you've talked about it, like you could bury him in the AHL, but you're still paying him three and a half million dollars, right? Like it it doesn't even save you that much money in the grand scheme of things. So no, kind of disappointing. You got to do what's best for your team, right? And, yeah. and Koskinen, he's a backup, and he's not even a good one. He's mediocre at best. Like I, I am still. And I know we've talked about this at the station and other podcasts. Like, I know we're all still sitting here. And I would love down the road one day to know who the hell said this contract was a good idea. Because, Connor, I'm not – listen, me and you have never been GMs or coaches or anything close to at the NHL level. You know, we talk. We're radio guys. We're media. We give our opinions. Uh, but, like, this was such a bad deal. It was terrible. Whoever thought it was good, seriously, Connor – needs to give their head a shake because this has got to go down as one of the worst deals I've seen in Edmonton in a long time. And, and there's been a fair share of bad deals here in this town and around the NHL. And it's, again, nothing against Koskinen. Seems like he's a great guy. His teammates love him. But, man, like that deal. And and I still remember when it was signed. I think you and Struddy were working and you had Dustin Nielsen on. And he thought you guys were, were doing a joke on him because – no one could believe that this guy got the amount of money he did, the term, and on top of it, a no trade clause or a limited no trade clause. Like one of the worst deals, and 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 some of the guys are still employed by the Oilers, and then they should be ashamed because this is they must. Connor, ask you this: Is there any way those guys still with the Oilers are looking at saying, "Well, that was a good deal. We did a good job." <laughs> no, like, no, there's no, not a way. chance. Like Keith Kretzky can't sit there and be like, well, you know, like, because I'd be like, buddy, you can't defend it. Just say it was a bad deal. Own it. And just we'll move on. Like, there's nothing you can do now, Connor. He's in his last year of the deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I I still remember the day. It was like uh, January, which is a weird time to extend a goalie who was an experiment at the time. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. They they didn't bring this guy in knowing he's the goalie of the future, and that's what they paid him like he was. But they didn't know it yet. It was an experiment, and it it absolutely has backfired, and it's it's hurt this team without a doubt in free agency. There's there's times in the past where the Oilers have given out contracts to players, and the fans haven't liked it. But I've kind of sat back and said, hey, has it really hurt them that much? And one was Sean Horkov, like. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't the greatest deal that he got. Maybe Fernando Pisani, the the one he got after the the nice playoff run. But how much did it actually hurt this team? I mean, after that, they weren't really in positions to to go out and add players. But this one, 
like it, it it could have hurt them. Like they they could have added at the deadline. They right now they could be adding, you know, three other <laughs> players, three million dollar players, or whatever it might be. Right, like. This contract was so bad, and you're absolutely right. There's there's no one out there that can sit and say, yeah, it was worth it. Like it, it it's just a frustrating one. And Oilers country, Oilers fans are going to be a lot happier once it's over. He's gone, and they can look to the future and say, yeah, a little more cap space, and not paying your backup goalie so much money. Uh, Hernan, one thing I I do think is inevitable at some point this year. I think that Evan Bouchard will surpass Cody CC on the second pairing. Do you agree with that prediction? And if so, when do you think it will happen by? Yeah, it's um, when he's ready. I mean, I, I don't think they should put a date on it. I don't think it's like by December he should. Like if, if, if Evan Bouchard is doing great and he's playing well and he's not leaking defensively, because we all know what he can do offensively. I'm not worried there, but it's the first time he's going to play every game and, and, and deal with better players and, and better and tougher matchups. So, I think it's when he's ready. If that's November, perfect. If that's March, perfect. If that's next year, then uh, <laughs> so be it. But I don't think there should be a set on him. I don't think it's like we need you ready by this time. And I guess it also depends on Cody Cece. I mean, if he's good on the top four, then why make that switch, right? Mm-hmm. Just keep it for now. <laughs> Let Evan Bouchard play a softer minutes on the third pair, but – yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it depends on on how good Bouchard is and how good Cece is. If Cece struggles, I think there's going to be more pressure on 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 the staff to move to move uh, Evan Bouchard up. But I, I just think it's more of a case of when he's ready and uh, when he's the coaching staff think he is. Like, I don't. I don't think we should put a date on it. Ideally, you want it sooner rather than later. Uh, but again, this is a guy that's still pretty raw when it comes to uh, the NHL and. Uh, I I know a lot of people think he's just going to jump in and be Tyson Berry uh, and put up those points, but he is a defenseman. He has to defend, and that's where the biggest questions come with Evan Bouchard, how he can do that and and move forward. So we know what Cody CC is. He's a stay-at-home physical defenseman, and he's not going to bring much offense. He can chip in from time to time, but I I think it depends on CC how good he is in the top four and, and – They'll go from there, but um, yeah, I I wouldn't put a a timestamp on it when Bouchard should be there. I just think in an ideal world, the sooner the better. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, by no means am I saying this is the day it has to happen. Like I said, or like you said, sorry. I mean, it, it has to be when he's ready. But I think it's going to be sooner than later. I think Bouchard is is ready to take that leap, and uh, you know, just a mature player doesn't seem to get rattled too often. I think by. End of December, he's worked his way up to that second pairing. That's my prediction. That's when I think he will be ready. Hernan, I want to talk to you about some of the teams in the Pacific Division, and uh, we'll start out in the the northwest part of Canada. The Vancouver Canucks uh, shaking things up, bringing in Connor Garland from the Arizona Coyotes. They also acquire Oliver Ekman Larson. What do you make of the Vancouver Canucks heading into next season? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I... I like their goaltending. I think Halak's a, a hell of a pickup for them uh, to go along with Thatcher Demko, who is better, the better goalie. Hopey was what we all expected him to take, continue to take steps back and not be uh, the guy he once was. Obviously, he's older. Um, but I, I like Halak, and I know Halak's an older goalie too, but they're going to count more on Demko. And, and if he can come in and just play and give him those solid minutes, uh, I, th- I, th- I like their goaltending defensively. I mean, Ekman Larson's still quality. 
Uh, he's only 30 years old. I know his cap hit is, is big, but I really like Ekman Larson. I think him with, uh, uh, if they, they got to get Quinn Hughes done here too. And, and Pedersen, obviously the two big ones for the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> I'll be shocked if they're not both at camp, but yeah, I mean, you got Hamannick, Myers, uh, Pullman. Uh, I mean, not the sexiest back end. Uh, they might struggle a bit, but, uh, if your top two guys are Ekman Larson, Quinn Hughes, I think you'll be just okay. And, and, and it'll be fine. Uh, they added Luke Shen, Brad Hunt as, as kind of depth guys as well. So an older defense for sure, Connor. Uh, but I, I'm a big Quinn Hughes guy. Love the player. Um, I think they'll be, I think they'll be all right defensively. I truly do up front. I mean, you still got the, um, you know, the Brock Bessers, the Bo Horvat, the JT Miller. You know what you're going to get from those guys. They're solid top six guys. Bo Horvat does it all for that team. It's an excellent player, but. I, I do. I love the addition of Connor Garland. I think he's going to do great things for the Vancouver Canucks. I think he's going to be pain in the pain in the arse for uh, for for the division. And uh, Jason Dixon's a nice add from Dallas. And then uh, keep in mind Niels Hoglander, who was good last year. He's back for a second go around in the NHL. So I I don't mind their 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 group. But to be honest, they get Pedersen done, which we all assume they were. That's a pretty look pretty good looking. Top six, have they improved their bottom six? I think they have. I mean, you're probably going to see a a Tanner Peterson and, and Jason Dixon transfer to that third line, which makes them much better than last year. Still got Tyler Ma, Brandon Sutter, Zach McEwen. So, uh, yeah, I, you know what? This is an interesting team. I I don't think they're going to push for the division. Uh, I But I think they will be right there for a wild card spot, Connor. I think they're going to be a lot better than people – uh, think and uh, I like their coaching. So, and they went through tough times last year. Remember the COVID situation, and it was terrible for this team. Kind of what we're seeing with the Elks uh, that the number keeps growing day by day. That's what we saw with Vancouver. They had to play out the string when the playoffs were still, uh, when the playoffs started, which was, which was kind of weird and bizarre. But I, I don't mind their team. I, I, if people were going to ask me, are they better than last year? I'd have to say yes. I do think they are better. How much better? Again, I don't think they're division winners, but I think they're going to be pushing for the playoffs for sure. Uh, how about down in Calgary? Obviously, uh, not not the biggest changes, but last year definitely they underperformed. Uh, on Thursday, they re-signed Dylan Dubé to a three-year extension. Obviously, they bring in Blake Coleman, which is a nice addition. Uh, the it, it's a team that uh, I, I mean, I I had a. F- a bunch of Flames reporters come on the show, and all of them were kind of like, "Yo, we don't know what's going wrong with this team." It's it's hard to exactly say. How do you think they bounce back next year? Yeah, I, I think the big one there is Jacob Mark from the David bounce back here. He he went through some uh, ups and downs last year. He had some injury pro- problems. He just wasn't the same Jacob Mark from we saw in Vancouver. I expect him to be uh, to be much better. And if Calgary wants to, uh. uh you know, bounce back, I guess it's, it all starts with Jacob Markstrom. So he's going to have to be much, much better. And then I, I know on one of our other podcasts, two guys we were talking about the defense and that's where I'm a little concerned. I mean, uh, Hannafin, Anderson, Tanev, Zadorov, Valimaki, uh, Chillington, uh, I, good Connor, but you don't have that top pairing guy. I don't think Noah Hannafin is a top pairing guy. I don't think Rasmus Anderson is. I definitely don't think Tanev is the door of ours. So I think that this is where Calgary might be in trouble. This this crew is not going to score a lot. Uh, 
I mean, uh, Anderson might lead them, and, and that's okay. He played on their first unit power play, but outside of that, I don't see many points coming from the back end. They're big, and they're greasy, and uh, they have a few guys that can move the puck, but I don't know. I'm a little concerned about this this decor here. I, I like Jusil Valimaki, but he's still a young guy. I mean, probably can't depend too much on him just yet, but yeah, it's an interesting group. Uh, they don't, and, and they, people are going to see about her now. Look at Edmonton's defense. And that's a fair question, but I don't think Calgary has a Darnell Murray. I don't think they have that guy that can play you 60 minutes in a triple overtime game. I don't think they have a guy that can put up points like Nurse or Tyson Berry. I don't think they have a guy that moves a puck like Evan Bouchard. And uh, so that's where my biggest concern is with this group. And then when you look up front, you mentioned Blake Coleman, another player I absolutely love. Uh, he's going to help. But he's not that game breaker. He's not that elite guy that's going to take over a game and win it for them, right? He's a good complementary piece to this forward group. And and Matthew Kachuk's the big one. He's their best player for me. He's he's a guy that gets does it all for this team. He's a pain in the butt. We all know that, but he's a <laughs> hell of a player. And, and I think the big two names are Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan. Both guys had uh, mediocre years last year. Johnny Goudreau is in his last year of his contract. Does he even finish the year in Calgary, Connor? So uh, I, I like Manji Apani. I like Dubé. They added Tyler Pitlick. I was going to add a, a little grease to their lineup, a guy that can, again, do a little bit of everything. But I just don't know if they have enough defensively. And I don't know if they have enough up front. Like I said, it's you need bounce backs from uh, Markstrom, from Monaghan, uh, to a certain extent, Johnny Goudreau. Because you know Lindholm and Backland, they always do their thing. Kachuk's their best player, but when you're looking at that bottom six now, uh, how much more can you get out of Milan Lucic, Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis? So, I don't know, man. I, I almost have Vancouver ahead of Calgary, to be honest with you. I think Vancouver is way better up front. Not way better, but I, I like them overall depth better. I like Vancouver's defense better because they have two studs in Eklund Larson and Quinn Hughes. And uh, I like the duo uh, in in net, like Markstrom. Would you take him over Demko? Probably, but Demko's turning into a, a legit, legit stud between the pipes. So I, I, it's crazy. I never thought I'd say this, but I, I do like Vancouver's team a lot more than Calgary's. Hernan Salas, I really appreciate you hopping on the show here today. And uh, we just got one final question for you. Uh, we could talk about the Sharks, Ducks, and Kings, but we know where they are right now and uh, kind of currently in that rebuilding <laughs> phase. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, intriguing team to watch. Uh, fun to see Adam Larson, what he can do, but they're an expansion franchise, so we'll skip over them. I don't want to keep you here too long. But, I mean, there is the one team that's kind of kind of right now, I think, would be top of the power rankings in the Pacific Division and probably the team that Oilers fans have to look to the most as, as maybe their their competition here, and that is the Vegas Golden Knights, the most spoiled fan base in professional sports. Uh, what do you think of Vegas this year? And are they, you know, the biggest rival for the top spot in the Pacific with the Oilers? I think so. I I I, I mean, you look at Vegas, and I, I I don't really see a weakness. There's like with every other team, Connor, the Canadian teams, the West Coast teams, we can we can pick out something and be like, I'm a little concerned here, but this team, there's not much of that. I mean, uh, <laughs> Theodore Martinez, Petroangelo in the back, like that's solid three, uh, excellent three. And then you throw a, a Brady McNabb in there as well. Like it's, it's a really good group between the pipe Robin Leonard's legit. I really like the addition of Laurent Brassois. He's one of the better backups in the league. And then up front, they only get better. They added Evgeny Dadanov, who's going to bring a little bit more skill and uh, the rest, and Nolan Patrick, and we'll see if this guy can finally get healthy and 
And this guy's there's a player there, Connor. We saw him play in the dub here. He was he was dominating, and he's only 22 years old. So that's a guy that that I like. He went the other way uh, for Cody Glass. So Nolan Patrick's an interesting one, but you still got Mark Stone, Carlson, Pacioretty, Riley March. So this team's just effective. They get stuff done. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, who took a, a big step last year, becoming a top six guy. So I look at their forward group. I'm like, yeah, they can get it done from lines one through four. I look at their defense. They got three guys that on many teams would be on their top pairing or, or their third, fourth guy. Solid guys, uh, good offensively and defensively. Between the pipes, there's not really a question mark. There's not where I'm like, hmm, um, are they going to have trouble there? No. So coaching's good. There's just really no – I mean, every team has a weakness, but this team have, probably has the least amount of weaknesses uh, heading into the season. And, and I, when people say they should, they're going to lead the division, I, there's no debate. And uh, I know you still have to play the games and anything can happen, but just right now on paper and from what we know and from what we've seen in the past, like uh, Vegas for me is the top of this uh, division. Hernan, excellent stuff. Really appreciate you hopping on the podcast today. And uh, just because you're here – Give a little plug for the Outcast because I, I think if it's it's not as good if I do it. Yeah, of course. Give us a follow on Twitter at the Outcast. We just had Warren Moon on, which is awesome, absolutely awesome. I still have buddies texting me saying, "How was it talking to him?" And I'm not going to like on it's nerve wracking. It's uh, but he was so humble and 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 and, and gracious with his time. It was great conversation. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Just search Outcast. Also. Anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Libsyn, uh, it's all available there. Give us a download, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And I know uh, I know the Elks are in a bit of trouble with their COVID situation, but as soon as they return to play and, and they got some home games, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be hooking you guys up with uh, with some tickets and all that fun stuff. So yeah, give us a follow at the Elks on Twitter, and uh, once you're there, download and subscribe. Hit our um, in our profile, we got the link tree where it gives you kind of every outlet we have where you can listen to or watch our podcast. Hernan, I could not have said that better myself. Thanks so much for hopping on today. Appreciate it. We will talk to you later. All right, buddy. Thank you. Excellent stuff from Hernan Salas of TSN 1260, the Locked on Oilers podcast, two guys and a goalie. Give him a follow on Twitter at Hernan Demand and check out his new podcast. It's a little bit of a shameless plug here. I'm on it with him. It's the Outcast. We talk all things CFL and the Edmonton Elks. We just recorded an interview with CFL and Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Moon. An absolutely awesome conversation. Search the Outcast wherever you get your podcast from or give them a follow on Twitter at the Outcast. Really appreciate Hernan Salas hopping on the show today. Talking about those Edmonton Oilers as we get closer and closer to the start of training camp. Still no Kyler. Yamamoto contract to discuss. Maybe that will come on the next episode. We'll have to wait and see. I know I've been talking about that because that's really the last thing for the Edmonton Oilers to get figured out before they get the season going. Maybe a couple PTOs. We'll see what happens with that. But that's uh, something we can talk about on future editions of the podcast. It is the Other Connor Podcast. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Appreciate you all tuning in to this show today. Also appreciate Hernan Salas. And while I'm appreciating things, I also appreciate the Hockey Podcast Network. And DraftKings, if you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. Like I said, I'm Connor Halley. We'll talk to you next time here on The Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.